0: Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the FloorScape podcast. I am Sawyer Stinchfield, and with me today is Spencer. I cannot figure out how to use headphones. Brown, we have spent the last literally 35 minutes trying to figure out audio. Uh, for Spencer, it's still not the best, um, but we are uh, going to give it a go. Um, I, I feel like dog shit, so uh, the one episode I was going to need Spencer to kind of back me up and really take the reins on. He sucks and he can't do it. I'm very rattled about, about this. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> Spencer, how are you doing?
1: I've taken a deep breath. I'm much better now. I, can, I don't hear myself and I'm not delayed. So we are good to go. Everything's good. We've got our golf courses booked for our trip now. So I, you know what? I'm feeling good over here.
0: Yeah, it's just going to sound like a 1986 phone interview um, with Al I. Brady, Um, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm on the hot seat. I woke up. Um, actually, it was actually Tuesday evening. I was eating Chinese food, and um, right after the Chinese food, right after I finished my lemon chicken. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, after I got done <clears throat> with my lemon chicken i got a throat ache and i thought it was something that the the chinese place did to me um and then i woke up the next morning and it was still hurting so i realized i was probably getting sick tried to make it through work made it about a half day and said fuck this um went home took some Dayquil, did the old night cool thing woke up this morning was 10 times fucking worse so then i uh, made an appointment to see dr win um again I, I did not use an accent when I went to the doctor's office either. Um that would have been that would have been bad too, so didn't do that either. Um no, and know. shout out to Dr. Bartell. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Bartell though. Chad, you weren't there for me. I called you weren't there for me the other day when I needed an x ray on my elbow. I called again today to make an appointment with you. Dr. Bartell's not available. He no, not even not available. Dr. Bartell's not even in today. Not even in today. What the fuck are you doing, Chad? What the fuck are you doing? I w- listen. I don't ask for much throughout the year, okay? But on, on the odd, the, the the odd prostate exam, and you know, just a little bit of, of, of comfort and care, whatever. I'm I've got a cold, and you weren't there for me. So figure your shit out, Chad. Um, but Doctor Wynn was very nice. She got me some steroids. Um, I'm feeling a little better. Gonna try to power through this pod. Um, but yeah, that's I'm on the hot seat as um. As, as we've got a big, big golf tournament, um, coming up next weekend, trip tournament next weekend, the flow skate open in Orlando. Um, our, our courses are booked. You've got to book one more. You said, right. One more is yet to be booked.
1: Yeah. They won't let me book until seven days prior and we're like 10 days prior. So I haven't quite been able to get that one yet.
0: Okay. So let's go over this. Let's go over this for everybody. So we fly into Orlando Friday, we get our Airbnb, um, Eagle Creek, Saturday morning, 10.45 a.m. Do you know anything about this course? I know I've known nothing. I've Googled it. That's it. Um, looks nice. I've
1: done some of the, the whole flyovers. Uh, looks nice. Yeah, looks good. Looks like a nice little track. It's highly rated, highly recommended, and probably highly ball snatching.
0: Yeah, I would like to. I That's going to be, listen, Saturday morning, that's like a 9.15 a.m. show up time at the course. I, I need to be. I need to hit. I need to chip. I need to put. I need to find maybe a nice little practice area with some bunkers. I need to. We need to. We need to really dial it in Saturday morning. No showing up to the course 15. That's not going to be good for anybody showing up to fucking Eagle Creek fifteen minutes before tea time.
1: That's no, so, like a late morning. Gotta get there it's early, early for that little, little warm up time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are we going to pop stroke that night, Saturday uh-huh. night?
1: Yep, Saturday night we're gonna hit that Tiger Woods little putt putt place and uh, see what it's all about.
0: Which I heard is an absolute blast. I've heard I've heard Pop Stroke is is a lot of fucking fun. Um, so we're doing that Saturday night, then quick turnaround, quick quick turnaround Sunday morning, Stonegate nine forty a.m. Um, that listen between Eagle Creek and Stonegate, um, if I if I have any balls left, we'll be we'll be looking just fine.
1: Yeah, the Cypress course uh, I think is a little wet. I think there could be some gators, maybe a little chubs moment where somebody loses a hand, but we'll see. I think it, you know, it'll be a good time.
0: I've seen one gator on a golf course that was with with Christopher Peterson Mason himself in in Houston. Um, I believe that was the day he took me to the course where it, it, the the greens were like glass. It didn't matter if you hit your ball stuck your ball it it was they were going anywhere and everywhere but there was gator that was kind of cool um so yeah that'd be kind of cool now we're playing night golf sunday night orange lake it's nine holes correct it's a nine hole course
1: yeah little nine hole walk in action i'm so excited
0: is it nine holes like is it nine holes all par three or is it nine holes like there's a par four there's a par five what is what is it
1: i think it's a full course they only lit up nine
0: Nine. Okay. Okay. Man, you. I guess here's the thing about that though. It's got to be an open course, or there may, there's got to be rules like if you're you you're not you're not looking for your ball at night golf. Like there's no look. There's no go find my ball in night golf.
1: Yeah, we'll just have to see what it looks like.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. And then we're we're gonna book hoping to book Dubs Dread for uh, Monday morning, and then Monday evening and night we will feel like very very old pieces of shit. And then we will return to our normal lives on, on Tuesday. Um, so that is, that is the flow skate open. Uh, Mason will be joining us for a couple of those rounds, right?
1: We're hoping uh, he should be with us Sunday and Monday uh, or no, I'm that's not. Yeah. Sunday and Monday. He's going to miss Saturday and Sunday night.
0: Okay. He's going to miss night golf.
1: Yeah. Cause he has a concert.
0: What a loser. Who books a concert? what a loser what a fucking loser all right max fine for mason for that but there's our trip um there it is um y- you know who's who's not going um uh, on any trips well you know what, before we get into that this podcast um is brought to you by phoenix fit fnx fit use code skate code flow for 15 percent off all of your phoenix fit products protein creatine um uh, glutamine vitamins, everything you can fucking think of, uh, apparel, everything. Code Skate gets you 15% off. Um, Spencer, you got a couple guys, a few guys that are jacked up on, on Phoenix Fit products, though?
1: I got a whole bunch. Yeah, we got a couple guys, couple teams that are just absolutely feeling it. I'm going to start off with, with Mr. Quinn Hughes, who's leading the NHL in points. He's Quinny. got 26 points, in six, 26 points in 16 games, and he's a plus eighteen. Like that, this dude is feeling himself.
0: That's a a lot of guacamole.
1: Uh, And then, you know, I think we got Sidney Crosby, maybe took a shot of the FNX right before his little hat trick game here the other night. And, I mean, right to cap it off, we got Pittsburgh and and Florida on a five-game win streak coming in hot. So they are all jacked up on FNX right now.
0: Yeah, I saw Florida play Sunday afternoon. <clears throat> I was, was we're going back to Florida. I was in. I was basically where? No, I wasn't near Orlando. Real. I mean, I was in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it's all it's all the same. Yeah, the it's all the great. same. But I was in Fort Lauderdale, so we uh we went to the uh, Cats game Saturday or Sunday afternoon. One p. I love one p.m. Sunday start NHL times. It's the fucking best thing in the world.
1: Yeah, like nice.
0: I mean, maybe not, maybe not from a TV perspective because people are like out and about doing stuff on a Sunday. Most people, most normal people, are probably at home. Um, but going to an arena at Sunday at one p.m., like little day drinking, you know what I mean? It was, <clears throat> it was a good time. Um, they also played the Connor Bedard show, which watching that motherfucker play hockey live is insane. He's so good. He's so fucking good.
1: You want to talk about someone who is like living up to the hype and all sorts of that? He has been nice, playing real nice right now.
0: Those two goals he scored against against Florida, they, they ended up getting him. I did your boy. I I texted the boys' pictures. Um, I got to I got to ride the the fan the uh the fan uh, Zamboni the cat that goes wow wow. Yeah, Spencer. Every time this guy would press a button, it would go and it would like make this like really loud growling
1: sound. he did not give you the button thank god the
0: button. yeah the flow skate was on the fan zone the fan uh the fan bony Um uh, so that that was a good time but yeah watching Connor bedard and, and just going to an arena at one o'clock getting motherfuckers that arena is so expensive america bank center is so expensive so expensive. That's so, same one we, went um, to, right? we walk in first thing. Yeah, I f- I threw up on the on the stairs outside of that arena. Um, we'll never forget that. Um, that. but um, that's that's beside that's besides the point. Um, but upon entry, immediately two beers, right? So we go to Funky Buddha, good brewery. Um, they have a big bar there, big brewery like bar there. So <clears throat> get two beers, thirty nine dollars thirty nine dollars for two fucking beers i was like uh, i first i thought i it was like the guy in front of me's tab and like he the guy hadn't like switched over the computer yet so i asked the dumb question like is it ready he's like oh yeah put your card in i'm like oh fuck so this is mine so uh, obviously tip later 42 dollars later for two fucking beers so then then we get get up between intermission Oh, this is this is the worst part. We get up before intermission. because obviously we. So I was coaching a uh, select my select team. We had a tournament, so we had a championship game at ten a.m. Then went right to the 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 cats game. Um, so I didn't get to eat in between. Like had to go park all that stuff. Just w- went straight from the the um, uh, the. Um, Panthers ice den where we played our last college game against Florida Gulf coast. Um, so went straight from there to, to the rink and obviously in between intermission, wanted some food, hadn't eaten, um, went and got, so two ordering for me and another person, two chicken strip dinners. Okay. Just two chicken strip dinners with a Diet Coke, a bottle of water. So that's, that's two chicken strip dinners and two drinks, right? One, one drink for each dinner two more, two more beers, $82, <clears throat> $82 fucking dollars for two chicken strip dinners, a Diet Coke, a bottle of water and two more beers. So that's now that's within, an hour, within an hour of being in the stadium, I've spent just on food and liquid $150, just right out of the fucking gate. Not to mention the hat that's on top of my head. Cause I figured out I'm, I like, I like the idea of, getting beanies from from the stadiums i visit because i got the the one from mullet um and i saw this one and this one's pretty cool so i was like all right maybe maybe i'll do the beanie thing um but anyways bes- besides the point 150 on just food and liquid at, at Amerit Bake arena um and within an hour um, So so Bake gotta, arena gotta i'm calling bad. you out on your fucking prices of beer and fucking food because it's insane It's absolutely insane. I mean, worth it, worth it to go to the Cats game, worth it to to see Bedard live, all that stuff, but it's just, and it was fun, but it's just, when you're a kid, you don't think about it as an adult. It doesn't matter how much money you have when something that should be so cheap is so expensive. It, it grinds my fucking gears every single time.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you.
0: Every time, every time. Um. So let's just get right into it. The fucking Edmonton Oilers. This is pretty much the main reason we decided to do a, a podcast. Issues and all that shit. Um, the main issue is we we have to stay relevant with the Oilers itself because um, they're a fucking shit show. They're a dumpster fire. It, it doesn't get any worse than than the Oilers right now. So they were already on the hot seat. Woodcroft. Woodcroft. Yeah. Woodcroft was already on the hot seat. They go into San Jose. Excuse me. They go into San Jose, who is the worst team in the NHL by far, and they fucking lose. Um, Woodcraft. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you saw this. Woodcraft can be kind of seen. The all the um, lip reader experts out there can be kind of seen. He's looking at Dave Manson, saying, "Well, that could be it," or something like that, under his breath, or something after the game. Um, so that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But they have fired head coach Jay Woodcroft, assistant coach Dave Manson along with them and they have replaced him with Hartford Wolfpack head coach AHL head coach Chris Noblock. Um the Oilers are currently 4-9-1. They are the second worst NHL team and this is McDavid's fifth NHL head coach. They are fucked. They are fucked. Spencer, let's get your full take on on the Edmonton situation right now.
1: They they're just they've got to get goaltending. They've got to get a, figure it figured out from the back end forward cuz they have I looked at, they have three players that are in the plus right now. Everybody else is a minus on their team. So they've got to get some goaltending. They've got to get some defense. They've got to figure it out from the back end. Cause we know they can score. Connor McDavid will wake up. Drysdale will get his goals. But if they can't stop the puck, they're, they're doomed. And they've got, I don't know, five games to figure this out. Or they're on the outside looking in and, You've got guys such as you know Drysaitl and Connor that are looking at these contracts, saying, "I'm not coming back. I don't want to be a part of this anymore."
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very very bad. So th- here's here's the biggest thing is, I, I what people what people don't realize or people forget is maybe not Oilers fans, but other people that team is so tied up within each other. Meaning, okay, now now meaning. Chris Snowblock coached Connor McDavid for three years with the Erie Otters. Okay, so he was Connor McDavid's junior coach. So he oversaw his development in the OHL. He oversaw Connor McDavid while Connor McDavid was coming up and and turning into Connor McDavid and having to produce these insane numbers in order to be the Connor McDavid everybody thought he was going to be since he was a little kid, right? So he he oversaw his development. So we know he knows Connor McDavid. the The hard part about that is when when you're hired. You know, you know him. You guys are very, very close to each other. And Connor McDavid, his first interview after learning that his head coach was fired and hired um, somebody he knows very well said, I-, I don't understand why he was fired. It's not on him. It's on us. So he's very clear in the fact that it was the players, um, and he doesn't think that his head coach deserved to get fired, even though the guy they hired is somebody he's – so there's that little, little ripple. Okay, the other thing is Ken Holland – is Connor mcdavid's former agent the only reason he's not his agent anymore is because he's the fucking gm of the oilers and that's an extreme um w- w- conflict of interest however you want to fucking say it right he's got to be gone after this season he's got to be gone after the season because he has done absolutely nothing nothing to he has put band-aids over problems he has not fucking fixed any bleeding He's just put a Band-Aid over and 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 then hope hopefully the scab just heals on its own and goes away. No medication, no nothing. So these are some Ken Holland moves since 2019. <clears throat> okay, the first fuck up was in 2019 was James Neal. Okay, um, he gave James Neal uh, he get, he traded for James Neal and ended up giving John Marino to Pittsburgh for a six round pick. John Marino is a very good defenseman for Pittsburgh. Who John Marino could be a very good defenseman for Edmonton right now had they just held on to him. Who James Neal turned out after really after his stint with Pittsburgh and Dallas, James Neal wasn't James Neal for anybody. Okay, no. Twenty twenty, he gave up a second round pick and a package for Andreas Anthiansu, however you want to say that guy's name. He's not there anymore either. Okay, or is he? No, he's somewhere. Yeah, he's with Uh, like he's been with like five different teams now too. Right. So you think about that second round draft pick,
1: Detroit maybe.
0: Think about some second-round draft picks. Rupa Hintz and Jason Robertson are both second-round draft picks. So he gave one of those up for that. 2021, he signs Duncan Keith to $6 million bananas a year. $6 million bananas a year for Duncan Keith in 2022 or 2021 at the end, literally the tail end of, of Duncan Keith's career. When people were considering buying Duncan Keith out, Ken Holland was giving him six bananas a year. All right? 2022. Okay, that that ended the Zach Cassian experience. So Zach Cassian was also on a very, very overly, overly high, overly paid contract. I can't think right now. I'm so fucking. I just feel like shit. He he was incredibly overpaid. Um, so 2022 that finally got that off the books. 2023 finally got over the Yessie Puliyarvey experiment. Yessie Puliyarvey fucking sucked. He was never good. He was overpaid for what they had to give him. He was never in the lineup. When he was in the lineup, he f- never played fucking defense. He was a fucking bust from day one. So they finally got out of that 2023. They got rid of Kyle Yamamoto to Detroit for future considerations. Well, Detroit's looking really, really fucking good. And Kyle Yamamoto's pretty good fucking player. And all you got was shit for it. So there's no possible way. and, And you tell me if I'm wrong here in just a second, they, they have to fire Ken Holland after this year, if not before that, correct?
1: Well, so they're not going to fire him but because his contract's up at the end of the year. So they, I, I think they'll come out pretty quickly and say that they're not renewing it and that he's done. Because, yeah, he hasn't they really mutually
0: agreed to all. part ways.
1: It, what, yeah, whatever they need to say to say that now, nowadays. But, yeah, he's not going to get a new contract. He's done there. He hasn't made good moves. He loves throwing out five-by-five deals to guys that don't deserve it. So what, I think that's, you know, happy trails to him. But he's got to make some moves before he leaves to get, get this team and maybe his career back on track because I think he's out of Edmonton, but he's got to try and fix his name to go someplace else.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's that's, that's a good point. People talk about players in contract years all the time, especially in football, but definitely in hockey too, guys in contract years trying to get paid. Well, Ken Holland, this is your contract year, meaning you are not going to be the GM of Edmonton come summertime. Whatever, whatever, Whenever your season ends, 48 hours after that, it will come out that you have mutually agreed to part ways as the Edmonton Oilers general manager. I, I can guarantee you, you're not going to want to go back to being an agent. I can assume that you're going to want to continue to be an NHL GM, which is why you became an NHL GM, not just to help out Connor McDavid, not just to be the, the GM of the Edmonton Oilers. So contract year for you is... You you need to do your absolute best and have physical, tangible evidence that you have done your best to put this team in a position to win and in a much better position, whether it's signing players, trading players, whatever it is, in order for you to get a a, a, a general manager job that, that you would want um, that's worth taking in the NHL come summertime. Because there may not be one for you. There may not be one for you. Um this is this is a really bad just just a really bad series of fuck ups. And I'm not saying they're all on Ken Holland. A lot of it was was done well before him, well before 2019 when he got there. Um, it, it was just a lot of first round fucking mishandles, um, and and that it this is where we are. Um, but they're a fucking dumpster fire, and for a team who had Stanley Cup legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations from a fan base that will fucking slit your throat if you don't perform the way they want you to perform, they are not performing. They are, they are gushing blood from their carotid. And, um,
1: I mean, they're that, not even going to make the no, playoffs right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. I, th- that's the thing. Everyone goes, oh, it's so early. Well, come American Thanksgiving in a week, if they're not in a playoff position, they most likely will not. Statistics show they will not be in the playoffs come that. And just to add insult to injury, sidle's getting fined left and right $5,000 for, for fucking dangerous trips. I don't think the culture is good in that locker room any, either. Why is Drysaddle taking taking stupid tripping penalties and getting fined five thousand? That's not like him. He doesn't do shit like that. I think I think it's a really bad, I think it's a really bad attitudes attitudes. I think it's really negative in that locker room right now, and I think they got to figure it out. So, Spencer, anything else on the Oilers?
1: No, sir. They suck.
0: What, what's their biggest? What's their big? What do they take care of first? They have to figure out goaltending first, right? Fucking soup, soupies done. I mean, that's that was a that was a fucking yeah.
1: Waste. Yeah, it was a failed experiment. They've got to get a goalie in there. I don't know how they do it with the money they've got. They've got to trade somebody out and bring somebody in, but that's where they've got to start. Because even I mean, Stuart Skinner ain't it either.
0: No, 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 he's not. He's not. But um, that's the Edmonton Oilers. The dumpster fire that is the Edmonton Oilers. In other NHL news, um, some big news. Um, Buffalo, who is currently seven, to eight, and one, second to last in the Atlantic, cannot catch a break. Cage Thompson, their number one star, uh, was placed on injured reserve and is said to uh, – is going to have a significant time um, in an injury-sustained, upper body injury-sustained, and a 5-2 loss to the Bruins. Um, he just blocked a shot and then hunched over and, and continued to hunch over um, and then um, left um, and got examined. Um, shitty game for him as well because before that, he was also cut by a skate. I think it was – a. a McAvoy um McAvoy uh cut him by a skate in the same game um but he, he ended up being fine he ended up getting stitched up and, and being fine after that one but after getting cut by the skate he takes blocks a shot um hunches over leaves and now is said to um <clears throat> he is going to miss significant time so that's just a a double whammy on Buffalo who a lot of people including myself fuck had them in the playoffs um as a wild card um and now they are a week away from statistically not having a very good shot at being in it. What's your take on Buffalo?
1: So I actually watched that that game before I left for my men's league game last night. And it was interesting because I saw the ankle incident and I was like, Oh shit, is hurt. And I come back and we're talking about it. And then I come back and I see something about his hand, but I did read right before we jumped on, they only think he's going to miss about a month and a half. Um, so they're not thinking it's going to be as significant as they thought. But I think this opens up an opportunity to bring in, you know, a hometown boy to fill in a spot that they need. <laughs> not mentioning any names.
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um yeah, all right, fuck it. Let's just move right on. let we'll, that's just let's we'll just take that into that. So Patrick Kane has begun to speak with NHL teams. Um his agent said um the teams he are speak he is speaking to now. Um, are teams that he is seriously considering joining. Um, And Pat Brisson, his agent, um, said uh, there's no direction uh, as far as Eastern Conference, Western Conference. um, But he is speaking with about eight teams um, for a late November, early December return. Um, So more than likely than not, within the next few days over the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, we will know where Patrick Kane is going to sign He's not gonna sign a Buffalo because he is not gonna to go to a team that's seven, eight, and one and last in the Atlantic. If if Buffalo was in first in the Atlantic, they were battling with, with Buffalo or they were battling with Boston, they were battling with Toronto, or if they were just in the mix in the Atlantic, I think he might there there might be a better chance of him going there. He's not going to Buffalo at the end of his career when they're seven, eight and one and second to last in the Atlantic, Spencer. You're fucking nuts.
1: That's where I'm putting him. Or, I mean, that he was seen in Toronto last week, too. That would be another great spot for him. Him and Matthews on the same line. But, no, I like him in Buffalo.
0: What, my, here's my thing with Toronto. You, you always say, what's the point of adding him? Before, before you even thought about adding him, you had a Stanley Cup team, right? Like, everyone said, oh, this is the team. This is the team. They're so fucking stacked. They're so fucking stacked. Well, what's adding Patrick Kane going to do? We saw it for with Boston last year. Didn't work. Adding Bertuzzi and adding all those those pieces right at the end when they were already fucking the Presidents Cup with the best team ever in the NHL didn't do shit. So it's like, what does what adding Patrick Kane to that lineup really do for Toronto when offense isn't their problem?
1: Second power play. I, it just adds another element. It adds another score. It adds kind of it takes a little pressure off Marner in the playoffs who disappears. All those things. It's
0: the same, but it's the same for Boston. People are saying Boston. Boston was fine, but but it's like I don't think Boston has the cap room. And if it's the same as Toronto, if Boston signs him, what does that do for Boston? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's a right. I don't think he's a good fit in Boston. Listen, I, I've got he's no clue where he's going to end up. I don't but think, Toronto I don't think doesn't. He's a good
1: fit in Boston. I like. I don't know. I like Buffalo, but yeah, they're they're bad. Um, I don't think he Buffalo goes York, would have been fun. Really had they been good, work, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo would
0: have been fun had they been good, but they're not good. Um, and so it's like, what are the other options? I mean, i am just throw it out there. Dallas is an option. Um, their team looking to add one or two pieces that to kind of put them over the hump. They, they are looking really, really solid right now. Colorado is an option. Colorado seems to be always an option for people, always an option. I don't know how they have the cap room. I don't know what they do it, but, they have the cap room because Landeskog is on long term IR. Yeah. Um. And then if he comes back, they're not going to have to fuck with that. That could be a Tampa Bay situation. So there's a there's a, eight teams is is a lot to think about. Um. So who fucking knows? Uh. Who fucking knows? But I I, I just don't think it's going to be Buffalo. I think there's a lot of people in Buffalo that were like, damn, if we were just like <laughs> not even seven, eight, and one, even just like ten, four, and one. Or something like that, like nine, five, and one, just above five hundred in the mix. I think I think Buffalo would be in the mix, but I just think, based on being second to last in the Atlantic with a week left before America Thanksgiving, I don't think that's an option for Patrick Kane. Um, now, what are some options for the NHL three on three overtime? Um, they are thinking heavily, considering thinking, uh, changing, making some changes to the three on three overtime. Um, I guess their issue, the NHL's issue with it is that it has um, had the opposite effect of what it had when it started, which I could agree with. It's, they said it's it's actually slowed down um, when the whole point of adding the three-on-three element or keeping it three-on-three was to have the game speed up. Um, teams have caught on to strategy, obviously, over, over 10, 12 years of, of playing three-on-three overtime since, since they've – that's how old we are. They've been doing three-on-three overtime for about 10 years now, Spencer. Um, if not longer, um, so but teams have caught on to the strategy as far as um, regrouping. It what it turns into, and you know this. I don't mind it because I play it, and I play it at a at a pretty high level, and and I I understand how it works at that level. It turns into a roller hockey game. It turns into. Um, which roller hockey is very similar to soccer in in, in how regroups work, right? Um, uh, roller hockey, especially higher levels of roller hockey, if there's no options, offensive options, you don't force anything. You send it all the way back down and you regroup, right? Because it's supposed to be man-on-man man and eventually somebody will lose their guy and people will get open. So NHL three-on-three three has kind of turned into roller hockey in that sense is, when there's no options entering the zone, you will see these defensemen skate all the way back down. if sometimes behind their own net, reset up a, an entirely different entry, right? And, and then try to attack it from there. Um, so they're saying it's slowing it down. They're saying the point of the three-on-three overtime was to limit the amount of shootouts that happened during an NHL season. They're saying they're they seeing too many shootouts. They don't want to see shootouts. They want it, they want it ended with hockey, which I can completely agree with. Um, my only thing is the only, I think the, you tell me if I'm wrong. The only rule they really think about considering right now that would make a change to any of this is basically a half court rule. So meaning once you cross the red line, once all of your players cross the red line offensively with the puck, you cannot recrawl. You can't regroup past that said red line again, unless there's been a change of possession with the other team. So what do you, what do you do you actually think that would speed it up Spencer? Or do you think that would just, it would just, we would continue to see the same thing over and over.
1: So I think that would speed it up. I think the red line is probably too close of an area. I think once you get out of your zone, so the neutral zone, you it's your blue line that you can't cross, so you can at least regroup in the neutral zone and go back in. not a huge difference. But, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because you kind of see that. They throw it back to their goalie. They just throw it back into their zone, and they hold it so they can change and get another two guys out. So I would like to see something that kind of keeps the play moving and kind of keeps everybody engaged. So if that's not allowing them to go back into their defensive zone once they're out of it, I'm I'm for it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's to be honest, I I don't I don't see a point. in sh- To me, shootouts don't hop happen that often anymore. Um, I think we see the game ended in three on three more often. Op- I don't see a point in really forcing a change when there's really no heavy statistics that say it's trending upward as far as games not ending earlier. I think think what the NHL is just mad at is that teams have caught on and got smart and have slowed the pace of the way the three-on-three is played. It doesn't mean that goals aren't scored and it doesn't mean games aren't finished. It just means games may, may finish in the last minute or second minute rather than the first minute or two, which is what the NHL wants. The NHL wants a three-on-three three overtime to end with 30 seconds in, a minute in, two minutes in. They don't want to see goals with 45 seconds left, a minute and a half, two minutes left in overtime where these these overtimes are dragging out and you're seeing multiple kind of line combinations. They don't want to see multiple line combinations in an overtime period. They just want to see the same three, maybe six guys for both teams and and have it end quick. Um, so that that could be the only, you know, what whatever. I I don't see a big, big problem with it. But if you're gonna change it, I guess change it that way and just make it to where teams can't regroup as far or as often. Um but again, teams will just catch on to a new strategy five years down the r- road with whatever they change in this. So it's like, why don't we just keep it three on three? It is what it is. Um if you if you want to if you want to end, if you really want to end it, take shootouts out, just fucking take shootouts out, right. Or do a, 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 an eight, a 10 minute overtime where the first five is three on three. And then the second five is two on two. You know what I mean? That that would end the game even quicker. Um, so if you're going to change it, change something like that, but I don't think it's, it's that necessary. Um, but just a few other things to, to cover here. Um, Spencer, we've been going back and forth. You and I have been sending each other uh, different jersey drops from different teams across several leagues. Um, some of these jerseys are awesome, and, and we have to talk about um, a certain league's jersey release that um, need to be put uh, um, in the gulag for. Um, but first, the West Point, the, the the West Point Army ones, like the tan, the all-tan with the white trim and the white helmets, those are filthy. Um, those oh, are yeah. fire. Those
1: are so clean.
0: Yeah, those were just, just so classy and so United States military. Um, the Hurricanes, Whalers, White with the green Cooper Rolls, which they're just going to do the Cooper Rolls for warm-ups, but they should fucking wear them for a game. But the they're Cooper Rolls are, mm, they're so pretty, so pretty. Um, You said there were two roller hockey, but I thought they were fucking fantastic. The UNLV, the ACHA-D1 UNLV with the black, with the red, like, drip down. Like, oh, my God, that was I would have killed to 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 wear those. Those were fucking unreal. And then we just think about all black uniforms like that with drippy socks too. Oh, oh, so, sure oh Veronica Vaughn. So hot. Sure. want to touch the hiney.
1: Um,
0: and then this this is what we have to talk about. Um, who? Wait, no, you sent me one earlier today. Was it um, Appalachian State? The little guy with smoking a so, pipe. Oh, yeah, with the the, the, little corn logo with the guy pipe. Smoking that was
1: so cool. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah,
0: the cob cool. pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are sick. Shout out App State for those. Um, listen, I'm just going to say it. The PWHL, fucking shame on you. Shame on you, PWHL. You, you've you done so well for yourself with marketing and the draft and, and getting this league going, and you just drop poop for jerseys. Poop. Poop is raining from the sky, Spencer. Poop. They 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 marketed these goddamn the the PWHL fucked these jerseys up so bad. They marketed them as in like going back to our roots, so like old school kind of like vibes. You know what I mean? Like heritage kind of vibes. They look like fucking practice jerseys. They look like fucking practice jerseys. Like the three ice. The Three Ice League, who just had plain color Verbero jerseys with like basically no logos, looked better than these jerseys. They, like, the lettering looks off. They look stitched wrong. The jerseys for the PWHL are fucking atrocious, and the, the league should be ashamed that that's what they came up with for the first year. Uh, Spencer, you, you go. You, I don't even want to think about these. What do you have to say about these? It,
1: it literally looks like something like – they did. They put no effort. There's like, well, let's just put the city names on a jersey with some colors, and we'll be done. Like, they have no logos. They have no nothing. They are the most boring. There's no
0: logo. There's no names. mascot. Yeah, it's just names. It's just city names, of either diagonally or horizontally. Just the most bland, boring colors, like. It's just dumb. It's just they just dropped the ball so hard on something they could have done so cool. They like they could have done this so but so much better for their first season and they fucked this up so hard.
1: Yeah, they're gonna need to need so to hard. That. So
0: hard. It's just it's just why? Why why not do something? Just why not make it a spectacle year one? Why do you have to try to be Fuck! No one wants to go watch a hockey game with those. No one's gonna buy those jerseys. Those jerseys fucking suck. No one's gonna put money into fucking spending money to buy one of those jerseys. If Dallas had a franchise, had a PWHL franchise, and I, they, that was the jersey, I wouldn't fucking buy one. That's shitty. That's shitty for those fans to have to to, to go spend a hundred dollars on a jersey that looks like fucking a practice jersey. So PWHL, you fucking jerseys suck, man. Figure it out. Fire whoever made those probably a woman
1: <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear
0: i had to i had to i had to no one's gonna say that if they would have had a man make all these jerseys they would have been really cool
1: anyway
0: I am obviously I am obviously kidding obviously kidding that is that is complete comedic sake um v- being super sarcastic and ironic for all you idiots out there who would think otherwise but yeah um they they just dropped the ball on that um not too much um st- uh, anything else to talk about um we've got some small news so Kyle Oposo and Ryan O'Reilly both celebrated their 1000 game in the NHL so congrats to those guys um Kyle Oposo yeah, yeah, it's just one of those guys. who flies under the radar and, on how long he's been in the league and just how much of a a staple and lineups he is, and, and just how much of an anchor in the locker rooms you know he goes to are. Um, so you know, shout out to him for that. And Ryan O'Reilly, obviously, I would it, Ryan O'Reilly seems like he played a thousand games a thousand games ago. <laughs> like it, it just it seems like he's already reached that milestone five times. Um, but yeah, so thousand games for both Oposo and Ryan O'Reilly. So shout out to them. Um, and then last thing. Spencer, you sent me this. I saw this. I think everybody's seen this. Um, We're going to shout out the TCU ACHA um, hockey team um, as they beat Mason's Houston uh, team uh, 36 to nothing. Yes, Spencer. Yes, 36 to nothing. Um, So real quick story time before we hop off. This reminds me. Do you remember this story from a couple years ago, Spencer, um, w- with the Barracudas team that I played for? Do you remember the the Houston debacle? Do, I, do you remember do, I, do you remember me telling you guys about this about this whole Houston fraud hockey yeah. team debacle? Yeah. 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 Okay. It was so. We we were playing in a league. We were playing in an independent league. We we left this independent league because our owner wanted to join this new independent league that was going to be really just southern teams. We weren't going to have to travel as far, um, all that good stuff. Whatever, right? So, our first exhibition series in this new league was supposed to be against the, um, I think it was called the Houston Wildcatters. So it's like their logo is like a like an oil driller, right? Actually, made sense. It was kind of a cool name. Whatever. So, um. This exhibition exhibition weekend gets set up. Um, two games: Friday night, Saturday night in Mansfield against us. Houston Wildcatters versus Mansfield Barracudas. Um, when we asked for a roster from them, um, they, the guy, the owner of the team, sent a note, piece of notebook paper, handwritten with pencil, names and numbers of guys. Okay, no birth dates. Excuse me, no birth dates. No heights, no weights, no previous teams, nothing. Just names, first name, last name, number in pencil on a piece of notebook paper. Okay. So I go look up, try to elite prospect some of these guys. No, there's no hockey to be elite prospects for any of this guy's names on this list. Right. It's like, okay, what the fuck is this? So. This exhibition weekend was supposed to be played in Mansfield, but it was supposed to be hosted by them, really. So, it was it was there. It was Houston's. We were already established, right? So, it was supposed to be Houston's exhibition weekend. They were just having it at our home rink, okay? So, we show up for the game, okay? There are no refs, okay? So, we also come to realize the owner of this Houston team is also the owner of the league, Okay, so conflict of interest there. He owns the league, also owns the Houston team. Um, he did not schedule refs. Um, he also, upon us getting to the rink, asked us if there were any of our friends that we could text to play for them that night because they were going to be shorthanded. Okay, so now he's now he's he's hawking the phones, the beer league line phones across DFW to try to find players to play for, for their team. This is an hour and a half before puck drop hour and a half so he's calling guys that are just got off work saying hey can you play a semi-professional full checking full fighting hockey game tonight in an hour and a half against a very good team right so obviously he got some takers because there's some guys around the metroplex that don't like us um think they could play whatever it is right so they filled a team this guy refed. okay this guy refed the game because he did not schedule refs okay Not only did he ref I can't make this shit up. I can't this is a this this is a sanctioned, fully sanctioned game, right? Not only did this guy ref, he didn't have a refing jersey. So he went to the Academy Sports that's next door to the rink, got a football refing jersey, wore a black long sleeve t-shirt underneath the football refing jersey, was in cargo shorts and hockey skates and a helmet, and had a whistle, and refed a semi pro hockey game with 300 fans there 300 people there to watch a semi-pro hockey game we beat them 26 to nothing it was eight nothing after the first period it was so bad their goalie by the end of the game was doing the mighty ducks thing where like you would come down on him and he would just flop on purpose like take the net (laughs) like here here you go um it gets better it gets better um so um, the second night, I think we beat them twenty four to two or something like that. They they, they got some some guys to, to show up from Houston and managed to managed to score two. Um, but twenty six to nothing and twenty four to two. Now, come to find out, this this gets better. After the game, after the weekend, we as players were obviously like, "What the fuck is this? We're not playing. This is the league. We're not playing in it." If you know what I mean. So this guy is is wanted for fraud. I'm I'm sure he's still wanted for fraud. So in Michigan. So while he was setting this hockey league up in Texas, he tried to run a hockey league in Michigan, had a tryout for, for, for everybody was going to place guys on teams, blah, 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 charge guys $150 for the tryout, had a bunch of people show up for this tryout, took the money and ran. So made, made flyers for this hockey league that he was starting in Michigan on a, on a, like a like a sh- like a show up, we'll evaluate you as like ownership groups and then we'll place you, we'll, we'll do captains and then we'll have a draft and then like we'll draft the teams or whatever, 150 bucks. He just took everybody's money and left. Did the same thing, heard he did the same thing for a baseball league in Michigan too. Tried to run an independent baseball league, did a bunch of tryouts in different areas, took a bunch of people's money and left and then tried to do the same thing down here. But at least our owner who, uh, as you know, whatever issues... He had running hockey teams, at least he had the notion to be like, well, let's do a test weekend first, run by you to see how this works, and then we'll go from there. And so luckily it, it got sn- sniffed out pretty quick that this guy was a fucking fraud um, and we had to get out of that situation. But yeah, so that's the only other – 36 to nothing from TCU. I, other than than that, I've I've never really seen scores in hockey games get that high before. That's, that's a that clear – that's a clear gap in just overall skill because these kids are all the same age. That's just where, where have these kids on the new Houston team on this new club team that they never played actual organized? Like, are they just like kids that played like 16 UA back in the day? They haven't played travel ever. Like, cause it doesn't I, no no knock to club hockey, but to just create a decent club hockey team to win a few games, games out of a out of a season it doesn't take much you know what i mean like there's good hockey players everywhere so how do you lose a game 36 to nothing spencer
1: so i did do a little digging into this and it from what it sounds like they did show up with two goalies and nine players so okay what are you gonna okay
0: do? yeah no that makes sense that makes sense. so th- that makes sense because um, I coach 14U and we lost a game this season 20 to nothing, um, and you you sit there and go, how the fuck do you lose a game? Well, the league that we play in, the we're at the bottom as far as tier of skill in in our in our league. The discrepancy between the bottom where we are and the top teams is is very very big. So the top teams in our the the league that we play in are are AAA caliber. They go they they some of them will play AAA tournaments. They don't do very well, but they will at least play in AAA tournaments. They they have AAA caliber kids that are on bubbles for AAA teams every year. The bottom where we're at is kind of like it, it's there's there's not that caliber right. So when you play those teams with a full lineup. It can get upward, you know, it can get 12 nothing, 14-2, to that kind of thing. Well, I played one of those teams with one defenseman because one was hurt, one was suspended, one was out of town. I played, so I had to play three forwards at defense. So just automatically there's no defense yeah. is going to happen whatsoever against a team that's, that's already going to score 12 goals with a full lineup. Then that makes my forwards diminish to two lines. So I played the team with two lines and four D, three of which were forwards. It just it's just not good for numbers can play an up can play a part. So and especially club hockey, we've seen teams show up with with two lines and three D and, and a goalie and you're like, this isn't this isn't gonna be good. So um Houston, you just may need to have some player contracts and have your boys show up to the game, eh? I mean <laughs> can't can't be trying to play teams with with fucking nine guys, um. So, but nonetheless, TCU thirty-six to nothing. So, um, there it is. Um, Spencer, you got anything
1: else? Are we good? I'll see you in Orlando.
0: Yeah, I feel like shit, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pound steroids. I'm supposed to play in a roller tournament uh, this weekend for the Lebeda Chupacabra. Um, so we'll we'll see if I'm able to make it to that. They're supposed to release the schedule today, so I'm gonna go take a bunch of drugs, try to feel better, and yeah, I will see you in fucking Orlando we will be swinging the sticks. I'm so excited. I'm oh, so excited. Awesome. I'm so, I and I don't have to work this week. I'm off work this entire week. So I don't, I don't have to work and think about not working while I don't work. And I just get to not work and then go on a golf trip. Yeah. Fuck you. Exactly. Eat me. Um, so there's that. That's the flow skate podcast. So we'll catch you next time. We will, uh, we'll see. I think what Spencer, I am going to try to do this um, for the fans. Um, one of the, Days, one of the courses, I am gonna bring the uh, Mike's tent. Um, one of the days, um, some some simple golf content. Um, but yeah, so um, for the fans, for the Flow Skate fans under the lights, uh, we might have some some golf, some Flow Skate golf content coming your way here pretty soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and then uh, we have decided, come springtime, we we will be doing some apparel. Um, we will be doing some T-shirts and some hoodies uh, and some hats. So we'll be doing some apparel come springtime. Um, so we are, I am currently, yeah, I'm currently working out the kinks for that. Um. So some big things on the rise for the Flow Skate. So that is the Flow Skate. Code Flow Skate gets you 15% off Phoenix Fit, all the apparel, all the protein, everything to get jacked. Um, Polar Recovery, shout out to Polar Recovery. Flow Skate, use recur- referral code Flow Skate for them as well. And that is all. Episode 23 is in the books. Ooh. Say bye to the fans, Spencer.
1: See yeah.